If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Store studio. If there's not a Parmar store near you now, there will be soon. Parmar's 212th store it's set to open up this week in Scottsdale, Pennsylvania, 253 North Broadway Street. I know it's a far, a fur piece from here, but if you happen to find yourself in that area, you may want to stop by. Again, it opens up this week. It's the 212th store in the Parmar chain in Scottsdale, Pennsylvania. I want to say Scottsdale, Arizona every time I say that, but no, it's Scottsdale, Pennsylvania. Uh, so uh, remember, if there's not a Parmar store near you now, there will be soon. Delegate Dana Farrell is going to join us in the second uh, portion of the show. Our good friend Qu- uh, Quiz, um, I'm channeling Elmer Fudd there. Chris Withrow is going to uh, join us uh, from the Benny Keatum tribe here in just a couple of moments as well. Before we start the show, though, um, I got to say this. Like many of you, I, w- I was watching. In fact, I just flipped over to Monday Night Football last night, um, that game between the Bills and the Bengals in Cincinnati. I didn't actually see the play in question live, and you know what I'm talking about. The play I'm sure you've seen hundreds of times since then. Uh, where the young man, the young player for the Bills, was injured and uh, suffered cardiac arrest on national television. Now, he remains in the hospital in Cincinnati at this time. Uh, The game was suspended. No word yet um, as to if and when that game is going to be completed. I mean, you know... The the game has to be completed at some point, I would think. Uh, It does have major playoff implications uh, between two of the best uh, best three teams probably in the league, certainly in the AFC at this point, the Bills and the Bengals. Thoughts and prayers, of course, go out to the family of DeMar Hamlin, 24 years old, um, and the the Bills uh, and the Bengals teams. I will say this and move on, though. I, I was reading the comments online last night, and sadly, it didn't take long for this horrific injury on national television to turn political, with people wondering aloud whether the young man had been vaccinated or not. Hand to God, I'm not making this up. This is what it eventually turned to and has continued on Twitter and on Facebook and whatever this morning, whether or not he had been vaccinated against COVID and demanding answers because so many people uh, are, are, are dying young. If, if you're one of those people, someone who's taking this opportunity now in the face of this young man's life on the line to make it a conversation about COVID vaccinations. I have no words for you. That's all I can say. I have no, I have no words, no words at this point. 
move on to happier topics. Chris Withrow from Benny Keaton Shriners in Charleston. How you doing, man? I'm well, thank you. Good morning to you, Dave. Thanks for having us today. Thank you for being here, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. We had a great time on New Year's Eve. You missed out at the uh, temple. We had a great uh, dinner dance yeah. and a great yeah. band and got a lot of good promising fun things happening this year and that's, and that's kind of why i've got you here today but let's put a wrap on 2022 let's talk about some of the uh highlights for you folks in this past year a lot of good stuff in the community uh and across the country that shriners do absolutely you know shriners is uh, a wonderful organization who works very hard a lot of men and their ladies work very hard to raise money to to help children in need and um you know we provide hospitals um I believe 23 around the United States uh, at um, that help with <clears throat> uh, walking deformities, cleft palate, club, you know, club palate feet, all of those different issues. And uh, we have the state of the art, the best doctors in the world working on these children. And it is at no cost. If the, if, if you have insurance, we certainly take it. But mm -hmm. if a parent can't pay or guardian can't pay, we, as Shriners raise money to offset those costs. Right. So it's a wonderful thing. You know, we had a great year last year. We've raised a lot of money. We had uh, one um, fundraiser that the um, Highlanders had, which is the Scottish uh, bagpipe and drum band. I think they raised thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 again uh, this year in that kil uh, Kilts for Kids campaign, which mm -hmm. worked right. very well the last two years. So really happy with it. A lot of good stuff. And what's on the horizon for the new year? You, well, always, you guys are always planning something. Well, this year uh, in 2023 is going to be so exciting. We have so much going on, a lot already planned. Um, we first were uh, remodeling uh, the inside of our building, upgrading, coming up to the to 2023 standards with you know fresh paint and carpet and you know the whole nine yards and really upgrading so it's going to really help it's going to be a beautiful place to rent throughout the year um we we rent out our ballrooms for meetings and weddings and dances and you know classroom settings um all of that kind of stuff so it, that's going to be a big thing a big help this year uh for people who are looking to rent um our building which uh you know, we encourage people to do. But uh, anybody can do that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. No matter what. I mean, we can set everything up from a classroom to a bridal shower. And to, how many people would hold at max if you wanted uh, to? 300 is a, a good number. Okay. Um, you know, and it's, uh, we have the beautiful grand ballroom and, and we have other meeting rooms. We can accommodate just about any type of event that you need. That's for sure. And so. where do people learn more if they or if they want to find out, you know, to book the room or to have information? Where can they learn more about that? Absolutely. Well, our building is located at 100 Courier Street mm -hmm. and in downtown Charleston. If you don't know where that is, it's the really nice parking lot right beside <laughs> the, the, the Charleston Coliseum. Yeah. Um, but they can call the, the temple um, Monday through Friday uh, at area code 304-343-9405. Okay. So... But uh, we do have some really great events coming up. Um, you know, being January, everybody's getting, you know, we have a lot of rentals uh, still available, but we have a lot of things booked in January. But our next really big event is going to be, it's called the Bootleggers Ball. And it is going to be something really, uh, first time that we've done it. It's uh, real exciting. It's going to be on February the 18th. It is open to public. So all of the things that we do, we, want, we encourage and really want the public yeah. to come and enjoy with us. But it's um, we're going to have a, a great trio. The uh, Vince Lewis um, jazz trio is going to be playing. We're going to have heavy hors d'oeuvres. 
you know, of course, we'll have a uh, a regular open uh, cash bar. Um, but what we are doing, we're encouraging people to dress in that 20 speakeasy attire. Okay. It's not required, but it's going to be yeah, fun, you right. know, and... Uh, and there's been a, there was a couple of other events around Charleston within the last year that had, had a similar theme, and I say that because well, if you went out and bought the clothes, you may you may as well use them again. Absolutely, <laughs> and, and it's going to be so much fun. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. Then uh, you know it's um, it's the tickets are on sale. You can call in. You can use your credit card. Uh, obviously, on the night of, which is going to be the 18th of February. Um, you know, you can come in and, and buy your ticket then, but if you cut, if you can buy your ticket in advance, that helps us plan a little bit sure, and, man. uh, man, it's going to be so much fun. The, the music is going to be amazing. The, the trio that's playing is they're world-class musicians. What kind of music are we talking it's about here? jazz. Oh, you know, yeah. it's going to be really fun. When you said trio, I was hoping it would be jazz because yeah. I, I love jazz music. So the, the other little caveat, which is kind of really nice is that we have, some mixologists, if you will, that have really studied, and we're we're going to be offering authentic nineteen twenty era cocktails, okay. and they're going to be just really good. The food's going to be amazing. Anthony Wilkins is going to be doing our food for us. Which, if you've ever been to Gourmet Fast or had him cater anything. His food is just outstanding. So we're really excited about that. Absolutely. And what's the date again? Date and time? That's going to be 7, 7 p.m. on February the 18th. And that, again, that'll post be. Little post-Valentine's Day. Later. Little post-Valentine's Day. We got a little behind the ball on Valentine's. So we're going to kind of incorporate Valentine's just a, about four days later. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. And, you know, the other wonderful thing we have going on is uh, on February the 2nd, um, we have the East-West Shrine Bowl. And, you know, the East-West Shrine Bowl is a great opportunity for all these young college athletes to get seen. Yeah. You know, it's been going on for a long time. Yeah. We've got two WVU players playing in it this year. Uh, Dante Steeles, mm -hmm. Styles, I guess. Steeles. Steeles, yeah. okay. And Bryce Ford Wheaton. Okay, So cool. two WVU players are going to be playing there. We have a watch party going on up in Mount Nebo uh, at the Tractor Bar. Okay. Um, one of our... One of the coolest places in West Virginia, the tractor park. Without question, and not only the coolest place, the actual, the owner, Steve, is just the coolest guy in the world. He uh, He's also a, a Shriner. He's a noble okay. and, and is very active in raising money for the hospitals. And this uh, fundraiser is a hospital fundraiser. So all the money raised for that will go straight to the hospitals which is a wonderful thing. So we're real excited about and that. That East West Shrine game, you know, that's uh, that's one of those last games because, you know, the national championship is is um, coming up next week. Go go dogs. Um, uh, but uh, it, but it, it's one of those things that it really puts the college football players on display, uh, you know, for the NFL, which in the draft will be coming up here in a few months. Uh, and, and to have a couple of WVU players playing in that uh, stills and, uh, and Bryce for Wheaton, I think, it's, I think it's fantastic. I really do. It is. And, you know, it, I didn't realize this, but, you know, the, the game has been going on since 1925. Yeah. So it's, it's a pretty prominent game, and it's always a good game to watch. And then, again, if you're at the Tractor Bar in Mount Nebo, you're going to have a blast, and you're going to be helping children. And so that's, again, that's what our mission is. Little so. known fact, uh, your good friend and mine, Benny Eplin, very involved in the organization, has been at every one of those games since 1925. Yeah. A, a lot of people don't realize that, but he has. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to defer to you on that because <laughs> I, I, I may have to talk to him or see him this uh, week. So, <laughs> Benny's my buddy. Chris Withrow uh, is with us to talk about some, uh, some things that the Shriners are doing. I, you know, Chris, I, I talk to a lot of people in a variety of organizations uh, from Rotary, of which you know I, I'm a part of, to, to Lions Club, to Kiwanis, et cetera. 
And it's just hard to get people involved and motivated to do anything or to want to join any organization. Now, that having been said, I realize the Shriners are not the same as those other organizations. I get that. But, you know, at the at the core of what the Shriners do and those other organizations, it's uh, – in, in Rotary, they call it service above self. It, it's doing things for the community uh, and for others. Compared to – because I know with those organizations, numbers are down. Again, it's just hard to get people to want to be involved in things. And to be honest with you, we don't work nine-to-five jobs anymore like everyone used to, and everybody goes to lunch between 12 and 1. What do you do, and how do you make up for that with, uh, with, with numbers falling in an organization in order to get these things done? Well, <clears throat> to be a Shriner, first you must be a, a Master Mason. So it's uh, there's a little caveat yeah, there. Yeah, it's I a little it. different. I, I think – our biggest thing is to get people involved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a long time um, here in Charleston, the Benny Keaton Shrine Temple on uh, 100 Courier Street has been known as the building beside the Civic Center. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it we need to, I, we want to get reintroduced to our public out here in Charleston, local people. Let them know that we are a vital, hardworking, fun loving, uh, philanthropy that's that's helping our local children right. and you know one of the ways and you being so gracious to allow me to come on here monthly with you is to get people aware of what we're doing get them to come out and see what we're what we're doing and you don't have to join the organization no, necessarily to come out to, to help the organization's cause absolutely causes. you know we if you take one trip Dave, if you ever get the opportunity, and I'm going to extend that opportunity to you mm-hmm. uh, and, and your team down here that helps us so much with our advertising and getting the word out, if you take one trip to a hospital, mm-hmm. it'll change your life. It, it truly will I've to see that. those children. Um, you think, oh, gosh, I don't know if I can do that. I'm going to be so upset. I'm going to be, you know, let me tell you something. It is so rewarding and to see those kids and to hear some of the stories that come out of these kids not being able to walk and then you know we have a shriner in charleston whose daughter was a patient uh and still is a patient uh had a lot of she, i think she had bilateral club uh club foot uh issues when she was born uh she just finished uh a year of uh, cross-country track so uh, that's amazing and so there's a lot of stories and if you get involved and you you come by the temples to some of the the temple for some of these events you're really going to make a huge difference and getting people out. And you know what? We've been, we've been cooped up for too long. We need to be around people. It's going to be a good year, man. It's going to be a good year. And a lot of great things going on again. Give us the dates of the two big events that you have going on. Well, religion. the, the East West Shrine Bowl is February the 2nd and Mountain, Day. yeah, that's my birthday, by the way. Oh, oh happy, yeah. Well, happy early birthday. Thank you. And that's uh, that's a Mount Nebo. And then seven o'clock at 100 Courier street, the first, bootleggers ball and it is going to be something else you're going to have a lot of fun so we hope everybody comes out again they can call and get their tickets uh uh, at the temple and that telephone number is 304-343-9405 all right well chris i appreciate you being on we'll talk to you again soon and best of luck i mean you guys do some fantastic work out there i mean you you really really do and um and again these things that you're talking about when you have this uh they're they're open to the public you don't have to be a member of the organization just come out and have a good time and uh, lots of folks are doing things around valentine's day so here's just one more one more one One more more, one more for a great cause quick text here says uh, dear dave don't worry one day there will be an event with 1988 attire that's your wheelhouse
else. Your day's coming. All right, so can we make that happen for, for people like me? Well, I'll tell you what. If you if, if everybody that's listening will guarantee to buy a ticket, we'll do it as often as we can, for sure. All right, it sounds good. Well, our, I'm going to talk about it a little bit later on. You know, We do a thing with the red carpet called Working Women's Wednesday. Right. This coming, uh, which should be tomorrow. My days are all messed up with Absolutely. the holiday yesterday. But, uh, the, but the theme this week is 1980s. So, well. so there you go. So, uh, it's uh, to, uh, Working Women's Wednesday with our friends at V100, our sister station. So there's my opportunity. Yeah, I tell you, you can don that uh, the peg leg jeans and the yes. stone wash pants, and you know I you're grew, there. I proved last year that I could I, I could grow the mullet back because I was starting to grow it back, and <laughs> so my wife said, "Okay, it's time to cut." That. I just wanted to prove that at my age I could still grow the Absolutely. mullet. Absolutely. Well, right. you can do better than me. But that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, I appreciate you being here. So hang out uh, with me just one second. Uh, Delegate Dana Farrell coming up here in just a couple of moments. Five eighty live is brought to you part uh, actually brought to you by Thornhill Auto Group, including Thornhill Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, the Thornhill. CDJR Big Finish is going on now. Visit them at Fountain Place Mall to Logan or online thornhillcdjr.com. Delegate Farrell, Delegate Dana Farrell, standing by next from the Parmar Store Studio. It's 580 Live, brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group of the Voice of Charleston, WCHS. Brought to you by the Eric J. Tarr Family Businesses. Eric J. Tarr Family Businesses want to thank you for shopping locally. This year, holiday tier is found on the Thornhill Motor Mile, and Thornhill Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is your one-stop shop. Hey, it's Sydney here wishing you joy and inviting you to join us for the Big Finish sales event at Thornhill CDJR. No payments for 90 days, plus bonus cash on most new models, all new Jeeps, minivans, or the Ram truck you've been waiting for all year long with these great offers to check off your Christmas list. It's the most magical time during the Big Finish sales event at the new Thornhill CDJR. Visit us at Fountain Place Mall next to Tractor Supply Logan or online at thornhillcdjr.com. Let's qualify through Chrysler Capital C Thornhill for all details. You don't have to go through yet another year with that knee pain or back pain. People with chronic joint pain are getting real lasting relief from QC Kinetics. Hey, it's Dave Allen. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine. Their unique protocols use healing agents from your own body to target aching joints, repairing and restoring damaged tissue so you can move again with no surgery, no drugs, and no downtime. Got shoulder pain, excruciating hip pain. If you have any arthritis pain or lingering pain from an injury, don't let them operate on you or give you more steroids and say no to the pain pills. Call QC Kinetics and see if their life-changing, all-natural treatments can get you living your best life in the new year. I'm telling you, people are raving about these treatments. This is the future of joint pain management, and appointments are available as soon as the next week. Make 2023 the year you say goodbye to joint pain. Call QC Kinetics of Cross Lanes, 304-202-5566, 304-202-5566. That's 304-202-5566. Presented by RX Bytel Pharmacy, your neighborhood pharmacy on Charleston's west side. Proud to bring you RX Pack, a pre-filled pouch system which divides your tablets and capsules into multiple-day doses perfectly matched to your doctor's instructions. Learn more at rxbytel.com. Nine twenty-six from the Par Bar Store Studio. It's five eighty-five at the Voice of Charleston, WCHS. Bigly Piggly Wiggly Hotline three zero four three four five fifty-eight fifty-eight. Fruit Pharmacy Text three zero four nine three five five zero zero eight five eighty-five is brought to you part by Hustons Pizza. The Hustons Special of the Month for January is a large pepperoni pizza with cheese sticks, only twenty-one ninety-nine. Find your closest Hustons Pizza in the Valley at HustonsPizza.com. Dale Cooper, the boss, is serving as our producer today. Delegate Dana Farrell is with us. Good morning, man. How are you? Well, good morning. Great to have you here. 
Uh, yeah, it's good to be here and enjoying the weather so far here in 2023. Happy. Well, it'll change. You know, it'll change. For certain, but we'll take every day we can get this time of year. <laughs> uh, uh, happy New Year. And I got to just say this little programming out here. I have I have new headphones this morning and I have to ask you because you're in the studio. Do the headphones make me sound taller? You look taller. Okay. You're taller than me right now. Okay. <laughs> I think you're, maybe your chair's jacked up a little higher. That's what it has to be when you're vertically challenged. It has to be. And this is the chair that uh, that Chris Lawrence normally sits in. So uh, I got the Chris Lawrence I'm chair. I'm six this foot morning. two, and you look taller than me. Well, I'm not taller than you. I can, I can promise you. All right. Uh, session begins. Um, Next week, Delegate, uh, one week from tomorrow with the super-duper, that's copyright Dave Allen, all rights reserved, uh, super-duper majority. Um, before we get into the real reason we have you here today, what should, in your opinion, be some of the top priorities uh, for the for the legislature? Uh, and hold off on education, because we're going to talk about education a little right. bit later on. But, uh, you know, taxes, DHHR, all these things, what are some of the top priorities? Uh, in your you're hitting on those. I, I, I'm sure, you know, we're going to be looking at the DHHR problem. Uh, uh, tax, you know, we've dealt with that really off and on all summer and through the fall with these special sessions. Uh, we're going to continue that uh, dialogue and, and see where we can find some headway to be able to uh, provide some tax relief both at the uh, uh, individual level and uh, at the business level to help uh, encourage more business in the state. So uh, I think, you know, we're going to see economic development type issues. We're going to see a lot more of that. So, I mean, it's, there's so many things that I know that that you guys, I'm talking about the Republicans want to cover. Um, And, uh, you know, there's only like, you know, two Democrats or something. I'm I'm kidding about that, but there's not a lot of them. I mean, so I just, I hope that with all these priorities that you can keep the priorities straight. And what I mean by that is, is that, you know, when you have that many, and the Democrats saw it years ago when they weren't in charge, when you have this many people of the same party, sometimes you have a little infighting or maybe not fighting, maybe a little in, in arguing back and forth. Well, let me say too, that there is a process to this and uh, that's Republican caucus meets and they, and they did meet the first weekend here in December uh, at the Capitol and uh, to go through some ideas and let people say, hey, this is what's important to me. Here's what I would like to see in a bill uh, in this session. And Mm -hmm. you develop a list of caucus bills. And uh, we're actually still in the process of that. We're actually going through narrowing those down and allowing each member of that caucus to vote on what's the most important to them and what's the least important. And they'll tally those. And and so leadership will come up with a list of top 10 or 12 or so bills that they really would like to prioritize during. That doesn't mean one of those other bills won't get some attention. Right. Yeah, sure. But that we have basically come into the session with the top 10. I can't allude to that right now, but right. Yeah. Well, and this DHHR thing is getting a whole lot of attention. And as you heard Jeff talking about on the morning news, there was a letter that sent out that that went out this morning uh, with a lot of the um, senators names on it. Uh, It's a DHHR and Hoppy. I'm sure we'll talk about that uh, next, uh, next hour. Brad McElhaney's all over it too. Brad will be actually be on the show tomorrow to talk about it. Now I want to move on to education. And the reason I wanted to have you uh, delegate on the show today was to talk about this op-ed that uh, you did in the Gazette Mail last Friday. The headline was Culture Must Change for Education to Improve. That was the headline. How so, in your opinion? Well, let me uh, first say, before I pinned that op-ed or I submitted it to the Gazette Mail, uh, I consulted with the uh, House Speaker, Hanshaw, and with uh, Senator Grady, who is uh, chair of Senate Education Committee, too. I want to make sure we're all on the same page, but... Uh, they both came back to me and said, "Hey, we like we like where this is going. We like you know the uh, mindset on this. So uh, I want to make sure this that we had a uniform train of thought on where this is at. But 
but you know, we're talking about culture and I, and I said in the column, culture will eat strategy for breakfast. And we say that in business all the time. So, you know, if we look at education and all the things we've been trying to do, and we, you know, we've had poor test scores and poor results after poor results in the state. And, uh, it begins to be a frustration. What else can we do? But, uh, my, my years in education, what I found is it, it comes back to uh, engagement with the student and apathy. And that's what I pointed out in that op-ed. Um, that, that's the number one problem, I think, is educators that we're facing across the state of West Virginia and Appalachian in general. West Virginia just happens to lie totally within the Appalachian uh, mountain range, mm-hmm. only state to do that totally. So uh, we have more of it than other states may have. But uh, that's a mindset if you look at you know you, it i give you an example when uh, I was teaching up on the eastern end of the uh, county one time I had uh, one of the science teachers had to take a student home for some reason and he's driving up one of the hollows over there and he sees an old refrigerator sitting in the front yard there and uh, just abandoned and the teacher says well I don't know why people, you know, just leave that trash laying out in the yard like that that care to clean it up and the student looks at he goes what trash and so the mindset, you know, doesn't even see it right, yeah. uh, the same way that somebody else would. And uh, so, you know, that, that, I think that the problem and the challenge is, is not that we don't have a good education system in state. We do. I mean, if you look at the results we're getting when students do engage, and I pointed that out in the article, look at it. I mean, we have students go to the uh, military academies and do extremely well. They go to Ivy League schools, same teachers, same education system that – across the board as a whole is averaging down at the bottom of uh, the national rankings. And so why is that? Why are some students getting a lot out of the same education system and others are not? Delegate Dan Farrell is with us here on uh, 580 Live. You mentioned, you kind of alluded to it briefly, um, that um, that you're a longtime educator. You know, Absolutely. you're a teacher in the classroom. Um, where did public education in West Virginia, in your opinion, go off the rails? Well, I'm, they're going to go back to, I'm not sure that we're off the rails. I, I think the biggest thing is that we're not connecting with the people that are in West Virginia. And I'll give an example. When I was at John Adams Junior High School, which is high academic school here mm-hmm. just in Kanawha County, if not the state of West Virginia, uh, scores very typically probably tops in the state. But I was working with a lot of students that come from a different culture, background over off of Alm Creek and Alcott and those parts of the uh, school district. And uh, we had a club day that we would put together, and uh, they asked teachers to decide, hey, what club you wanted to offer to have students come in during that time. And I was thinking, what can I do? What can I do? And finally, I looked at I had a lot of students. They didn't play sports. They didn't play the athletics. And you know that when, when students engage in extracurricular activities, they tend to they're engage, and they tend to score. No matter what it is. It doesn't have to be sports. Better grades. Just something. Yeah. And these students were not there. And so I started a hunting and fishing club. And I'm not a hunter or a fisher, <laughs> but I started hunting a fishing club. And I thought, keep them engaged, man. And, and suddenly I had, I had more students wanting, trying to cram in that room during club time than I had room to fit them. In, mm-hmm. in these, and before long, we were taking some field trips, take them fishing or whatever. And then before long, I had parents that would have never engaged, come to a, uh, a PTA or a back to school night or something that were coming out with their sons to help assist me uh, with this fishing club. And so all of a sudden we were reaching and engaging the parent. And, I, and that's where, you know, it's one thing to say we can try to do things at school to engage mm-hmm. the student, but you have to have the, the family, the, the parent. 100%. And, and I don't think 
delegate, a lot of people understand uh, public education in West Virginia and perhaps in other areas of the country in the year 2023. And I, you know, I've mentioned this uh, on the show before. When I when I was in elementary school, my, this is personal. This was me in the mid to late 70s. I was one of the few kids in the class whose parents were divorced. Now, kids who live in a two-parent household with both biological parents would probably be in the minority. And kids today are being raised delegate by grandparents, some cases by great-grandparents. We have a huge homeless issue in our classrooms in West Virginia. And when I say homeless, and I've talked about this before, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're living on a street. It means that they don't have a place that's their own. They're staying with their friends or they're staying with an uncle one night or they're staying in a shelter one night or the next night. They're staying with a friend. I mean, there's so much of that that goes on. Dave, I I got to, you know, when I was first – couple years of my career, I got a call one night from a student. This is before cell phones. Uh, I live over in Sisseville, represent that district, but I got a call one night from a young man that um, went to our high school there, and uh, we already knew that he had some problems, terrible home wife, but he called me, and he was under a bridge over in Marmette. Uh, and it was this time of year, and it's cold, so I get up in my in my vehicle and drive the other side of county and pick the kid up, bring him back, get him a hot shower and a warm place to sleep, and then bring him back to school the next morning and, and try to let him off where the other kids wouldn't see that, you know, he, he had uh, spent the night over there, you know, and I, uh, took care of him. Um, the principal took him that year, I know, home for Thanksgiving, uh, those kinds of stuff. But those are the – and that's just one example, but it's mm-hmm. like you said, it's going on. So our schools were being asked to do so much more. When you and I went to school, you know, you did, uh, we didn't run buses on days off just to feed kids. No, we didn't happen. do that. <laughs> and and then you look at it's such a litigious society and i mean you know and sure there's some bad apples in every i don't care if it's in law enforcement or wherever but uh i think the school system's afraid to do anything from a discipline standpoint anymore because of a threat of getting sued i mean yeah. i got out of line in uh, junior high school i got my hind end warmed up <laughs> and uh, and then i got it again when i got home mm-hmm. yeah well, then, and sadly, that doesn't happen anymore. And I don't necessarily mean the corporal punishment, although I'm not totally against that. Uh, but I'm, you know, some sort of accountability. Right. And uh, uh, and we're and as you said, and we're asking so much of our of our teachers uh, to be. They're not there to teach English necessarily as much as they are to be social workers, to be drug counselors, to be. You know, it's just uh, it's it, it's a. And I think we have a call, but go ahead and finish. Sure, your I want to say this. schools are a microcosm of society. Whatever's going on in the hills and hollows and the streets and avenues, that's going to get dr- drug right into the school building, in the hallways, and the classrooms. Uh, and so, you know, it's just a reflection. So when you say, you know, what the school system, you know, what, where did we come off the rails? Uh, where did society and culture come hey, off the rails? Hey, man, that probably would have been We're a much better way to that. put it. Yeah, you're exactly right. Let's go to the phones, Delegate. And Brenda, you're on with Delegate Dana Farrell. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Delegate Farrell, I read your article in the paper. Uh, it was excellent. Uh, Thank you. I know that you already know what's going on in the schools because you're there. Uh, I was a school nurse, and I'm still substituting a little, but I was a school nurse for 37 years. Thank you. Uh, I know what's going on. I hear what you're saying. And I think one of the issues is the legislature's got to get serious about working together. Uh, We've got to quit splitting and getting on opposite sides. We've got to work together. And that means our teachers need to to be able to teach and to be able to do that that we've got to have kids who can learn. We've got to have kids who are ready to learn and know that we care about them, which means 
everything from DHHR to to the the state school board to local school boards. We've got to work together, and we've got to have those support professionals in the schools that can help our teachers and help our students and help our families, school, school nurses, school counselors, school psychologists. But then we have to be able to work with the school social workers and with the social workers from DHHR. There has to be everybody working together because the families have to know that we care about their kids. And... The kids that misbehave are screaming for attention. They need to be accountable, but sending them home to a disruptive home life is is not going to help the situation. Delegate? Well, sure. Uh, okay, you said a lot uh, <laughs> in just a minute or two. A lot of truth in there, too. Uh, but uh, I think one of the things that really struck me right there, what you said is, you know, they uh, trying to connect with the uh, parents and students and know that they can be successful. Uh, one of the things I had an administrator tell me once when I was over at George Washington High, and he thought it made a good analogy. If the standard, when you, you let's say you signed up for a, um, a PE class, and the standard was to be successful in that class was to dunk a basketball. And I don't know how many listeners we have out there that are capable of dunking a basketball, but I would uh, beg to say it's probably not many. <laughs> and you come not into me. that class every day and you had to line up and you go up there and try to dunk that basketball. How many days would you do that before you said, you know what, this is embarrassing. I'm, mm-hmm. getting, yeah. I'm getting singled out, I, you know, fully with this. I'm going to go over and sit against the wall. Or, I, or worse yet, I'm going to act out. I'm going to cry, uh, create a distraction because, you know, they, they are asking me to do something that I'm just not – feel like I'm capable of doing. And so that's where we are a lot of times with the, uh, with the approach. And so I will say this, you know, and, and somebody messaged uh, Friday after the article came out and it was on social media and so forth and said, well, it's one thing, you know, to identify an issue. And I think, you know, we have to do that first. We have to identify what the problem is, the real root of the problem. But then, you know, what are some of the solutions in there? And this goes back to what she was just saying. We have to engage, the number one, the student, and then, as equally important, the parents or whomever yes. that whoever that uh, student has has to report to has to be engaged. But that's where we're missing. I mean, uh, some parents come in depending on the school area, but uh, we'd have school you know a parent conference night, and three parents show up, and uh, and typically you know it's the the ones you didn't need to see. <laughs> I mentioned yeah. before about my um, um the, where my wife and I used to live. Our next door neighbor was a high school teacher, and she said, "I don't see the students that I need to see their parents." He said, "I'm happy." She said, "I'm happy to see them all, but I don't need you to be here. Right. You know, your kid's doing fine." And I want to say too, it's you know it's easy to look at so where you want to blame the parent for not, but you know there again come back to you you know if you're a parent and you're just you feel like you're at you know you're embarrassed maybe to come out uh, sure, you yeah. feel intimidated to come in you know you don't have that same education you're not in you feel like it and we're all the same way we feel out of the loop outside of that culture and so you know you you, you just want to avoid it brenda we yeah, need to move on i appreciate your phone okay wrap okay. it up for us go ahead Thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, I do appreciate uh, Brenda calling in there. All right. Final 30 seconds or so, uh, Delegate. Where do we where do we start? I mean, wh- where do we start this process? Okay. I, I think that we have to ma- go back to we have to look at how we can make connections in with that parent. And like I said, you know, go back to like uh, the analogy made with the hunting and fishing club. Uh, find things on a level. A lot of large part of this culture isn't just athletic type sports. You know, it's, it's to do with hunting and fishing or 
uh, you know, some of them might be able to tear it. You know, they may not be good in algebra, but they can tear down an ATV and fix it for you. Sure, yeah. So, you know, I think we have to try to look at, you know, okay, what's that needs there? And I'll say this, when I was teaching, I had no problem giving my cell number out to parents of students and things. Hey, just call or, so, you know, sometimes they were intimidated to call me, but they would text me. Uh, and so, you know, trying to build communications with that, I'm not saying that's the right thing to do for every teacher, but, uh, you know, work for me. But I think, you know, that's, it's not just about educational or academic strategy. It's about the application of it and best practices to try to uh, meet that parent at their level. Well, it's fascinating op-ed that you did, and I urge people to go back. It's in uh, Friday's Gazette Mail and read that if you get an opportunity. Delegate Farrell, wish you the best of luck in the session. We'll talk during the session. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks for being here. It's uh, 943. We're back after this. For the Parmar Store Studio, it's 580 Live, brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group and the Voice of Charleston, WCHS. Brought to you by the Eric J. Tarr Family Businesses. Eric J. Tarr Family Businesses live to make life better for you and your family. Hey, everybody, Chris Lawrence here, and we've been getting some great pictures for our Hoodoo Sports Trophy Photo Contest. Thanks for those, and keep them coming. Check out the gallery at the Outdoors page of WVMetroNews.com, and you'll also find a place to submit your pick of a trophy from one of your outdoor adventures. At the end of each month from now through January, we'll draw randomly from all submissions for a great prize pack from Hoodoo Sports, and our grand prize will be a Hoodoo Sports kayak. So send along whatever pictures you want. We'd love to see them, and as always, if it's a trophy to you, it's a trophy to us. Polka Valley Bank, your community bank, is ready to serve you for all of your banking and financial needs. Polka Valley Bank has been serving customers in your community since 1908. Stop by one of their eight convenient locations in Elkview, Sissonville, Polka, Winfield, Glendennan, Spencer, Walton, and now Canal City, and let them become your community bank. Visit Polka Valley online at polkavalleybank.com to learn more about their personal and business services. Polka Valley Bank, where relationships matter. Member FDIC. I'm Rocky Moselle with StarRegistry.com. Since we were children, we've been told to reach for the stars. It was great advice, now it's a great gift. Name a star after someone. For $54 and a call to 800-282-3333 or visit StarRegistry.com, we will name a star after someone very special to you and send an incredible personalized gift. The new star name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Call the Star Registry, 800-282-3333 or visit StarRegistry.com for the hottest gift. Did you know you can get your prescriptions for less at your local pharmacy? You can with GoodRx. It's the free app that can save you money on your medications. Just search for your prescription, choose the pharmacy and the price that works best for you, and then show your GoodRx coupon to your pharmacist at the drop-off counter. GoodRx works at over 70,000 pharmacies, including Walmart, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, and it works whether you have insurance or not. It's easy to save. Next time you drop off your prescription, check GoodRx. To start saving today, go to GoodRx.com. GoodRx is not insurance. Presented by RX Bytel Pharmacy, your neighborhood pharmacy on Charleston's west side. Proud to bring you RX by Pack, a pre-filled pouch system which divides your tablets and capsules into multiple day doses perfectly matched to your doctor's instructions. Learn more at rxbytel.com. 15 away from 10, Piggly, Piggly, Wiggly, Hotline, 304-345-5858, Fruit Pharmacy, text 304-935-5008. 580 Live is brought to you part by QC Kinetics across lanes. Make 2023 the year you say goodbye to joint pain with no surgery, no drugs, or no downtime. Call QC Kinetics across lanes, 304-202-5566, 304-202-5566 for QC Kinetics 
of Cross Lanes. Ruth Pharmacy, Texas. Dave, I'm vaxxed, but I have to say, with a lot of fully vaccinated younger men, a lot of whom are athletes passing away suddenly with no reported history of heart problems, it is a valid discussion to question if the vaccine affected his health, whether someone agrees or not. My only point in that was timing. Uh, is that the time? You know, you can have the conversation all you want. I don't disagree necessarily with what the text is saying, but uh, timing. And was that the time? And it was all over Facebook, Twitter last night to the point that I just had to, all right, to say, okay, that's enough. Uh, a couple of uh, programming notes here tomorrow. Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhaney, you mentioned earlier, is back and rested from his holiday sabbatical. He's going to be here. Also, tomorrow, uh, author and TV host John T. Edge is here. And as I said when I posted this on social media last week when I booked him, I try, after 35 years of this, I try not to be uh, too much of a fanboy when it comes to doing this show. But I, I truly am a huge fan of this guy. And as I said, he's a very well-known author focusing on all things Southern. He's a Mississippi guy, a true Southern boy who writes a lot about food and Southern culture, uh, two things that I am very passionate about. Uh, he hosts a show on the... Um, uh, SEC Network, which is occasionally carried on some of the ESPN channels as well. The show is called True South, and and I've seen uh, every episode, I think, but two, and I have those recorded. I'm planning on watching those tonight. Uh, it's just him going through the South, sampling food and drink and telling the stories of the towns he's in and the people and the culture of these towns. Uh, they frequently uh, run these shows in succession, so you can binge watch them, again, on the SEC Network or on ESPN. And I'm a sucker for documentaries, and when when you add in his focus on the South, I may be from West Virginia, which some consider South and some don't, uh, but my mindset is I'm, I'm a Southerner. I make no mistake about it. If not by geography, then by my love of all things Southern, from food to music and the people, uh, et cetera. It's a great show. He's a fantastic storyteller, and he's going to be on the show tomorrow, direct from Oxford, Mississippi, his home. Uh, author and TV host John T. Edge, host of uh, True South. It will be on the show tomorrow. Also, make note of this one for what I think is the fourth time uh, I'm going to have on this Thursday a couple of broadcasting legends on the show, Fred Persinger and Speedy Bevins, talking high school sports through the years and decades. And I guess I could say centuries with these guys. And what I mean by that is because Fred's been doing it since the 60s and Speedy since the 70s, which takes in at least a part of a couple different decades. Uh, I think it's the fourth time that we've done this. And one of the reasons why I'm doing it again is because I could not possibly get to all the texts and the phone calls that we had the previous three times that those guys were on. So again, Thursday, the Legends of High School Sports, part four with Fred Persinger and Speedy Bevins. Mayor Amy Goodwin of Charleston said to deliver the city's State of the City address during tonight's city council meeting. Uh, according to a release from the city, she will be highlighting some key projects and initiatives from her first term. And it was announced last week that city manager Jonathan Storage is going to be leaving the Goodwin administration, taking a job elsewhere in, uh, in gov federal government, I think. Um, the, the, the mayor has a lot to celebrate. Uh, a lot of people, I understand, uh, aren't necessarily fans of hers, but it's obvious that more people do support her, however, as was shown in the November election, where she handily beat Republican Lance Wolf. It, it wasn't close. And this is coming off a series of reports, or this was, questioning certain hiring practices within the city that were uncovered in that uh, television report from Kenny Bass of Eyewitness News that, quite frankly, no one seemed to care about. Uh, in the big picture of things, the regatta was a huge success. The businesses are coming here. And this capital sports complex, if it happens, uh, is going to be huge for the city and the entire region. The mayor 
will be on the show next Monday as we'll get back to the Mayor Monday segments with a different mayor each week. I originally was going to have her on uh, today, but there's just so much going on. Uh, there's a big announcement, I think, from the city coming up, so we just decided to go ahead and move it to next week. So next week, it'll be Charleston Mayor Amy Schuler, good one. But again, the uh, State of the City address is tonight as part of the City Council's regular meeting. Our news team, of course, will be monitoring, and we'll have a uh, full report after the meeting online and uh, tomorrow morning as well. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this from the Parmar Store Studio. It's 580 Live, brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group on The Voice of Charleston, WCHS. Brought to you by the Eric J. Tarr Family Businesses. Eric J. Tarr Family Businesses want to thank you for supporting local small businesses. Are you feeling uneasy about recent stock market volatility? That may indicate it's time for a financial checkup. Volatility is an unavoidable feature of the market. Your portfolio should be designed to deal with the ups and downs of the market while giving you the peace of mind to live comfortably in retirement. Give me a call or book online today. Your no-cost, no-obligation financial checkup. Retire right with John Burdett, 4thAvenueFinancial.com. Securities offered through JW Cole Financial Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through JW Cole Advisors Incorporated, JW Cole Financial, JW Cole Advisors, and 4th Avenue Financial are unaffiliated entities. I'm getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20. So am I, because I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. I'm asking about Prevnar 20 because there's a chance pneumococcal pneumonia could put me in the hospital. Age 65 or older, you may be at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a Pfizer vaccine that can help protect against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. I want to be able to keep my plans. So I'm asking my doctor about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20. Eight minutes away from 10, 580 Live, from the voice of Charleston, WCHS. Phone calls to 580 Live, a service of Bigly Piggly Wiggly on Spring Street, and our text, the service of Fruit Pharmacy, your hometown family pharmacy. I was made aware of something uh, last night that was posted on Twitter. Uh, it was a letter, email, or tweet, went out, something like that, addressed to members of the House Democratic Caucus, um, and it was dated December 16th. As best I can figure out, as I said, it was dated the 16th of last month, but it's uh, it's just now, I guess, going uh, public, or at least I'm now becoming aware of it. And, and I won't read the entire thing, but in effect, it said, uh, quote, we, the undersigned members of the Democratic Executive Committee of the State Democratic Party, are expressing our sincere concerns about the recent actions of current Minority Leader Doug Scaff, uh, end quote. And they are calling on a new, a new Minority Leader to be chosen before the session begins next week. Of course, all this stems from Delegate Scaff's interview um, that he dared to do with Don Blankenship on a podcast. And and you know the story by now. A few reporters complained about it on Twitter uh, and were relieved of their duties at the Gazette Mail because I I guess they thought you could go on social media bad-mouthing your employer and that nothing would happen. As I say, though, I mean, I, I don't want to see anybody lose their job. I don't know the people involved, and, and, I, and I feel badly for them. Um, that, that having been said um, – you know, um, well, I'm just going to I'll move on to something else here. Um, the email, the letter, the tweet 
goes on to say, uh, quote, the path forward is clear. Delegate Scaff should not remain as minority leader for the 2023 legislative session. If uh, uh, if he does, then the West Virginia Democratic Party will have sent a clear signal to voters that we are not deserving of the trust that we must work so diligently to rebuild, end quote. Now, the names who actually signed it, at least in the copy that I saw, uh, were redacted, at least, again, what I saw. Uh, so in the coming days before the session, uh, I hope to have State Democratic Party Chair Mike Pushkin on the show. I was going to have him on anyway to preview the upcoming session from a um, Democratic part of view, uh, point of view, I should say. Um, so we'll be looking forward to talking to Pushkin about that. I also uh, have uh, State Republican uh, Party Chair Elgin McCardle on the show next week uh, to uh, preview uh, the session as well. A story posted at WVMetroNews.com by our own Brad McElhaney, again, who will be on the show tomorrow. A member of the West Virginia National Guard is getting two years probation for her role in the January 6th riot at the Capitol. She is uh, Technical Sergeant Jamie Lynn Ferguson. She actually lives in Virginia uh, now. Um, and it was her lack of violent action that led to that sentence. Prosecutors said, quote, to be clear, had Ferguson personally engaged in violence or destruction, she would be facing additional charges and or penalties, end quote. Now, she pled guilty to a federal misdemeanor of parading, demonstrating, or picketing in a Capitol building, um, which seems to be the most popular uh, charge for defendants in the January 6th cases. So as part of the deal, three other charges were dropped. Uh, she is still, however, serving in the Guard, which is, in my opinion, pretty scary. But uh, she has applied for retirement, and after her 20 years of service, uh, which she has in, um, then the, I'm presuming that's going to be happening uh, soon. Uh, she was on leave, according to court documents, from January the 5th through the 7th, leading up to January 6th. Now, in her in her case, prosecutors showed some of her social media posts. One was an image of a crowd in front of the Capitol with a storm cloud above the uh, above the Capitol with the caption. Uh, I pray this is exactly what D.C. looks like on January the 6th. Hashtag hold the line. That's what she, that's what she posted. And again, she uh, uh, did not get, according to prosecutors, the harsh, the harsh sentence that she could because apparently she did not engage in violence. And that's why she, she didn't. Brad McElhenney, again, I'm giving Brad a big build-up, man, for the show tomorrow. Brad has got an in-depth story uh, posted at wvmetronews.com, and he will be on the show uh, for that uh, tomorrow. So if you get a chance, uh, be sure and check it out. Um, Tech says, why wouldn't Charleston love and re-elect Amy Goodwin? She has thousands of non-residents paying for a vast majority of city necessities through the user fee that they can't even vote on stopping. You know, this user fee uh, is something that went into effect years and years ago. And it's and I've had the mayor on the show about the user fee. The user fee is not going away. It's not going away in Charleston. It's not going away in Huntington or any other cities that have them. Because, you know, we all know about taxes and fees of that particular nature. Once you put them in, they don't go away. And they get earmarked for certain things. And I know when I've had the mayor on the show in the past, 
uh, when the term defund the police was was thrown about out there, you know, she actually said, you talk about defunding the police, and I'm paraphrasing here greatly, uh, you do away with the user fee, that will be defunding police. That's the words of the mayor, if I remember correctly, for when she was on the show in the past. Um, so it's um, it's not going away. There is a certain amount of heartburn, I guess, though, for people who haven't worked in the city of Charleston that are, because of the pandemic, that are still being charged a user fee, even though they're not here. Well, it's charged to the company of, you know, the actual physical place where the company is. And um, and, and I, I've mentioned the situation on the show, and I talked about it with the mayor, with my wife, who who works for a company that uh, in Charleston that did not um, she she worked from home uh, during the pandemic, and now uh, she, she's kind of on a hybrid schedule where she works from home some days and does on other days. But her paycheck still reflects the user fee being taken out, even though there for a time, a long period of time, she didn't set foot in the city of Charleston, um, but she still got charged it. And 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 again, it's just it's just the way it is. I mean, you put it on, it's very hard to get it off. Five eighty live comes to you from the Parmar Store Studio. If there's not a Parmar Store near you now, there will be soon. Five eighty live is brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group. With the big finish sale continues. Big thank you to everyone who showed up to say goodbye to my muddy former mayor. A former House member and sheriff, former host of the show, Danny Jones, on Friday. We did the show live for me. had a fantastic time, and I do appreciate everybody for stopping by. Dale Cooper and Ryan Nicholson, all the folks that made that happen. Got to go. Hoppy of the news coming up. Follow the news of the day, WMetroNews.com and at WCHSNetwork.com. Uh, for uh, my producer, the boss, Dale Cooper, thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow. Till then, have fun and love somebody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.